So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just wanna know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. How you doing over there? I've certainly been better. Want to fill everyone in on what's been the last 72 or so hours? Yeah, so I'm currently recording this episode with my laptop resting on the brace that is protecting my broken leg. Okay, you got to give a little bit of background though, because there is a rather heroic nature to the story. Yeah, so <laughs> there, I guess there is. Saturday night, I was with my grandparents and my grandpa, who's going to be 90 years old, was walking down like this sort of spiral staircase. And I was at the bottom of the stairs. So I ran over to spot him. And thankfully I got there just in time because he did misstep and just walk off the stairs in the wrong direction. There should have been a railing there. That's besides the point. But thankfully I was at the bottom and I was able to catch him and I was able to break his fall. So he's Thank God, 100% okay. But I I was left with a broken leg, or I guess a broken knee. We're still trying to determine. We know where the break is, but we're trying to determine now if it's surgical or not. I mean, as my dad keeps saying, it's better than the alternative, which it is. Like, thank God your grandpa is totally fine. But God damn, was this an unforeseen set of events. Thank God he's okay. Like, I actually... I, if something had happened to him, I would not be sitting here recording this podcast right now. Like I would not have been able to, I don't even know. I don't even want to think about it, but yeah, I, I'm certainly left with a, a different set of challenges now. Julie texts us Saturday night. She's like, so everything's fine. Don't freak out. But I did break my leg. I was like, wait, what? I thought about how this was going to affect you a concerning amount in the process of being fitted for, for a <laughs> leg brace. <laughs> well, because it's kind of like, you know, when married couples will go out to dinner after the kids are out of the house and they realize that it's kind of quiet, like they don't really have anything to talk about or much in common after they're no longer parenting their children together. That's a little bit how I feel in terms of walking is quite literally the core of our friendship. So <laughs> what, what are we going to do? What if we like don't actually like each other that much? <laughs> well, no, I mean, listen, I'm going to wheel you. We're going to do the same walks. I'm just going to wheel you. So I, I think we'll be fine. It will just certainly be an adjustment. The first thing my dad said, literally after finding out that you were like, okay, the first thing he said was, well, guess you're down a walking partner. Well, I texted you once I had finally told you and I sent a screenshot of my Google search because at the time that I was sitting in the ER in a wheelchair, I thought I had dislocated my knee. 
And so I sent you a Google search saying, how long after a dislocated knee can you start to walk again? Because I was thinking like, I was like, okay, they'll just pop it back into place and I'll be fine. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll take Florida by storm. So I sent you the screenshot and I was like, this was me in the ER when I thought it was just a dislocated knee. Now that it's a break, I think it's a different story. And you sent me back a screenshot saying, this is me right now, currently Googling, how long does it take to walk again after a broken leg? (laughs) I know. I feel so bad. I just feel so bad because I know how frustrated you are and I just want to do something to change it. And there's literally nothing anyone can do. It's just so unfortunate. Like the winter, I know for most people, it's not their time to shine. Like it is so our time to shine. I know. We thrive in the winter in Florida. It's okay. We're going to figure it out together. I'm going to wheel you. We're going to have the best time. It's just going to be a little bit different than what was initially expected. And you know what? Thank God that it happened this way because again, it is so, so, so much better than the alternative. Absolutely. Absolutely. Although I will say... If you're going to break your leg, you at least expect you're going to go on and record a pop culture focused podcast and the celebrities will give you something, right? Like give us a Harry M. Rada type of week, a Travis Taylor type of week. It is radio silence out here. Like it'd be rough regardless, but specifically given the circumstances, it just feels cruel. I mean, when I tell you guys, there are no stories. I mean, listen, we got the Kylie Jennifer Lawrence interview, which... By the way, like, okay, like I'll say before we even get into it, I loved it. I loved reading it. Half of the reason that I loved reading it is because I could do the voices myself. Like I know exactly the way both of them sounded, but that should have been a video. I mean, a video is a definite, but I'm not even gonna lie to you. Obviously I loved every single word of this, but we know the level of Kardashian knowledge that Jennifer Lawrence possesses. And I just feel like with that knowledge, We could have done so much more here. And I get some of those could have been Kylie limitations for whatever reason. Don't get me wrong. It was a great read, but she really knows them in the way that we do. And I just feel like we could have gone even deeper. Well, the rare thing about Jennifer Lawrence is that she not only knows them in the way that we do, as in has followed them since the very beginning, season one, episode one of Keeping Up with the Kardashians and follows every news story in their life, knows everything about them from the angle of a fan. She has also become very good friends with them. And so she also has a deeper insight. Like it's so rare to have that combination of obsessively following their entire lives and also sitting down to dinner with them on multiple occasions. Right. And then there are two other elements that I think are necessary here. Number one, Jennifer Lawrence is in her own right an A-list celebrity. And I think that When you're a celebrity being interviewed by another celebrity, there's kind of a comfort there because you know that they understand what you're talking about and have been through on some level, some of the challenges of fame that you have and that you're speaking to. But second, and this is my favorite thing about Jennifer Lawrence when it comes to the Kardashians, because we've seen her repeatedly ask these types of things. She is so deeply curious about the logistics. You know, when she asks Kylie about her morning coffee order, she's not satisfied with a vanilla latte from King's Road Cafe. She wants to know, okay, so is that in your bedroom? Is that waiting outside your door? Is that in the kitchen when you get up? And that's the exact type of little nitty gritty knowledge that we care about so much. I know, like she just gets it. As you were talking, I was thinking, there needs to be a larger integration with Jennifer Lawrence and the Kardashians. Like Jennifer Lawrence should be hosting after every season of the Kardashians now, a reunion with all of them. I'm not even looking for a reunion necessarily. I'm looking for a really lengthy video interview with whoever is the most necessary person from each season, or even if it's a sit down with two of them. Like let Jennifer Lawrence interview Kim and Courtney together. No, Jennifer Lawrence should be the third party mediator between the two of them. Like that's what I'm saying. Like that's why the reunion special would have been so important to me. If it's so important to me, I just came up with this idea five seconds ago. But 
it's one thing to have her sit down with Kylie and give us a one-time interview. It's one thing to have her sit down with Kim on a late night show and give us one interview 10 years ago that we're still talking about. It is a whole other ball game for her to continuously be seated with them, revisiting all of the most current things. Like, could you even imagine Jennifer Lawrence sitting and it's Kim on one side and Courtney on the other, and they're really getting into the fight, really getting into the shit that they said about each other. Because again, this is what we said when Andy hosted the reunion at the end of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. We're like, that was amazing. And obviously Andy doing it was such an incredible aspect of it because of the Housewives reunions and bringing that energy to the Kardashians. But when somebody is interviewing the Kardashians, we need somebody with that 20 years of knowledge, that 20 years of intimate knowledge of every single thing that's happened to be able to sit down and ask them all of the most specific questions and then be able to call back all of the most specific moments. Well, I was just thinking about it in terms of Kim and Courtney or Courtney and Chris and the thing is, Jennifer Lawrence is not able to be as neutral of a party as they would really need. But I don't want her to be. <laughs> but you think Courtney's going to be willing to sit down with Kim or with Chris, knowing that Jennifer Lawrence idolizes both of them? Well, can we get into that one quote from the interview? Okay, so Jennifer says, what strikes me is that you guys are arguably the closest family in the world for emotional reasons. which, And then also a lot of very good multi-million dollar reasons. I think it's wonderful, but I can also imagine that it's really hard. Like in the latest episode with Kim and Courtney, in a normal family, you'd be like, okay, we don't really see eye to eye on anything and it's causing us both stress. I love you. I'll see you at Christmas. But you guys can't ever do that. You can't really ever take space. What's that like? And Kylie says, we can't really take space because we work together. But at the end of the day, we are all obsessed with each other and would probably choose each other as friends if we weren't family. Jennifer says, you think Courtney would? Kylie goes, I do. Jennifer says, okay, we agree to disagree. Like, that's exactly what I need. I need somebody who is able to say, okay, we'll agree to disagree because they have their own strong opinions on the way that they operate. Right, or when Jennifer is asking her if she takes notes and Kylie's like, yeah, I make notes if I'm getting inspiration. I'm online a lot. Also, the haters fuel me. And Jennifer goes, that's so Kim of you. Yes, like the reason that I think that Courtney actually would respond well to Jennifer Lawrence doing this, even if it's slightly or mostly biased, is because it's approached with such humor. She doesn't take it too seriously. And I think that Courtney would maybe be a little bit frustrated by knowing where she stands in the fight with her and Kim. But I think she would be able to appreciate the fact that this A-list celebrity and this Oscar-winning actress is trying to get into the nitty-gritty of her fight with her sister. Like, I think the humor in that can't be lost on anybody. Well, I was going to say, that is a piece of this that I actually think in this hypothetical world, if we're imagining whether or not they would consider doing something like this, Courtney would probably be more down for because she also can get on board with the idea of something being considered iconic. You know, that's very much Kim's MO, but I also think there's a piece of Courtney that can appreciate that and is willing to lean in more. And also... You know, Jennifer Lawrence being somebody who's watched the show again since season one, episode one, has also seen all of the highs with Courtney, has seen the lows with Scott, really understands Courtney, I think, in this journey that she's on. And so I don't think that she would be approaching it 100% like, this is Kim's side, we're not even listening. But I think that she knows that the idea that Courtney would choose to be friends with them is maybe a little bit ridiculous. And that's not necessarily a biased approach. That's kind of just the honest truth. Well, right. I mean, I feel like she would even say that only as it applies to Kim, not saying with Chloe, Kylie, Kendall, but specifically when it comes to Kim, I don't necessarily think you describe someone like that 
and then volunteer to be friends with them if there was no familial tie. Yeah. I think the one that she would be the closest with and choose to be friends with the most is Kendall. No, I think Chloe. I don't know. If we're going based on just personality alone, listen, it's so hard to say because in this current iteration of life, Chloe and Kim's relationship can't be ignored. And so if, let's say, this is so, it's so ridiculous to go into this hypothetical, but let's say for argument's sake that Courtney wasn't their sister, but Chloe and Kim were still so, so close. She wouldn't willingly choose to be so close with Chloe. Right. But there's a real silliness that Courtney and Chloe have when they're together. I know in recent years, they've kind of voiced that they maybe have lost that a little bit, but it definitely comes back. And I think that that's a really liberating place for Courtney to go to. And it's something that only Chloe kind of brings out of her, or maybe they only bring out of one another. And so I think that that playfulness is something that she would enjoy in a friendship. Although I guess you could make the argument, it would be different if it was your friend, not your sister. I mean, this is really a hypothetical rabbit hole we're going down, but it's kind of a fun game to play. The silliness is why she would also choose Kylie to be her friend, even though she's kind of Kim reincarnated. Like (laughs) reincarnated is a dramatic term, but you know what I mean? Like Kylie, Kim, Chris, they're from the same breed. Like they are three of the same in terms of their work ethic, in terms of their materialistic desires, in terms of a lot of things. But something that Kylie has that I think sets her apart from Kim and and from Chris a little bit is that she just has this inherent silliness and like this very, very fun personality. And I do think Courtney is very drawn to that in Kylie. And also she's the youngest. There's that age difference. There's a different dynamic there. I mean, there's so many factors that go into it. It's impossible to say if they would actually be friends with each other if they weren't sisters because you can't separate the two. But I do think that out of Kylie and Kim and Chris, she would choose Kylie. Yes, I completely agree. Well, she's definitely not choosing Kim or Chris. That's one thing we know for sure. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, they're washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. 
So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Also, I want to talk about the Jordan conversation because Jennifer says to her, my last question is a little intense, but we all want to know. Obviously, there was a huge trauma many years ago, but we've recently seen that you're friends with Jordan again. How's that? How did it happen? What's up? And Kylie says, Jordan and I, we always stayed in touch throughout the years and we would meet up at my house and catch up and just talk through everything. We never fully cut each other off. And one day, naturally, we were like, we want to get sushi and we don't want to hide anymore. There's a learning lesson in everything. And I think that in a weird way, everything happens how it's supposed to happen. We were so attached at the hip that we needed space to grow into the people that we were supposed to be. I needed that independence and that confidence because she was like my security blanket for so long. I mean, thank God she asked that question. I know, specifically coming off of the Tristan episode. Well, because that had still yet to have been fully answered. Like we saw the way that she responded to Tristan during that conversation and kind of left a room for the answer to be that they had stayed friends, but we didn't know fully if they had stayed friends the entire time, if they had reconnected months prior, if they had reconnected a year prior. Like we had no idea what that timeline looked like. And we, like we said a million times, obviously them going to Sushi Park together was not the reuniting of their friendship. It wasn't like the first time they had seen each other since Jordan Gate was going to be in public at Sushi Park. We knew obviously a friendship had to have existed prior, but We had no idea what that looked like. And her answering that question here gave us a much clearer understanding of what the following days, months, years after Jordan Gate really looked like. I know. I mean, them going there was a very conscious decision. And I actually have to wonder, while I'm sure in some ways it felt really liberating to finally feel as though their relationship didn't have to exist in private, if there was also almost a loss there, because when you're doing everything so secretly, there's no room for, forget about public criticism, just like public opinion. You know, there's no noise and how nice for them in the aftermath of Jordan Gate to have a relationship with just like zero noise. And so I I totally get wanting to, you know, go out in public and not have to exist as though they're a secret. At the same time though, it, it certainly must've come after enough time of realizing that, okay, the foundation is solid no matter what, and we can handle anything that may come our way, you know, no matter how bothersome it may be. I mean, we have really spent a lot of time prior to the Sushi Park reunion talking about what we thought their friendship, if at all, looked like. I mean, every time it was one of their birthdays, I feel like we were on the podcast going, do you think they texted each other for their birthday? Do you think? Like, we really had no idea. I think we had hoped that they had stayed friends in some capacity or that there was some communication between them, especially considering how close Jordan was to Stormy. But we didn't know that for sure. And I think the overwhelming opinion that most people had, and 
including us at a lot of periods of time, was just there's no communication between them. And so to find out that that really wasn't the case, yes, we, we've we started to learn that more prior to just this interview, but this really solidified it. It just made me so happy. Same. It was just so heartwarming. And when Kylie says the thing about, you know, feeling as though on some level things happen as they're meant to, because Jordan really was her security blanket in a way that maybe was a little bit unhealthy or codependent. She didn't use those terms there, but that's kind of what I pick up on it. I think the same could be said in the reverse, you know? And so having that time to grow entirely separately, I do think was very beneficial for both of them. And then of course they could hang out, they could lean on each other when needed, but that separation needed to occur in some way. It's unfortunate that it happened in the way that it did, but yeah, I'm really happy they were able to maintain that because (laughs) it's almost, I feel like if they weren't, I don't want to use the term Tristan would have won because he's a bad guy, but that wasn't his intention when doing it. He wasn't trying to split up Kylie and Jordan. He was just like a messy narcissist who was horny. But I'm glad that it's not Tristan that had separated them, you know? I mean, on some level it was. Like, we we can't pretend that, you know, their friendship was normal and it was just behind the scenes now. Like, it altered the trajectory of their friendship. It's a very upsetting thing when you have a friend and even if it was, let's say, in the long run for the best, then they needed that separation and there was a strong codependency there. To have to alter the capacity or the way in which you guys are friends, like that is still a loss, you know, to go from every single day, hanging out, being best friends, a hundred percent, you know, able to depend on each other to not really going out in public to kind of texting, to rebuilding a friendship in a certain way. Like, yes, it's not a complete loss, but it still is a loss. Of course. I'm more so saying that if it ceased to exist and they really did, that would make me more upset. You know, yes, of course it was caused by Tristan, but at least I'm, I feel comforted to hear that in whatever way worked for them, they were able to make something happen that still allowed them to have some sort of emotional comfort and bond with one another in just a new way. Totally. I was also just thinking as we were talking about this, a segment that I would love on like a late night show or in, in my made up reunion special is just going through the text between Jennifer Lawrence and different members of the family, because you know that she has that direct line and is asking them all of the questions that we would ask them to. Like she's not waiting for an interview to ask specific questions about Courtney and Kim's fight. Like she's texting Kim what she thinks about what happened. Oh, a thousand percent. That's, forget about texting, like the FaceTime. Can't you see her FaceTiming Kim immediately after the Dolce Vita episode? I can see her FaceTiming Chris and going, what are we going to do? Just one last thing from this interview I want to mention, because it goes off of what we were saying earlier about how sometimes celebrities are more willing to engage in a conversation about a certain topic when it's being asked by another celebrity who has had a shared experience. So here, when they're talking about vanity and beauty, and Kylie says, I did end up getting lip fillers, but it's also the same with me. I'll see before and after photos when I'm 12 years old versus 26, and my eyebrows are filled differently. I have contour on. I'm like, how can you compare my 12-year-old face since I have gotten my jaw shaved and eyelids removed? I'm like, what are we talking about? And Jennifer responds, I have the same thing. I started at 19, so I get the before and after pictures from when I'm 19 to 30. And I'm like, I grew up, I lost baby weight in my face, and my face changed because I'm aging. Everyone thought I had a nose job, and I'm like, I've had the exact same nose, my cheeks got smaller, thank you for bringing it up. First of all, it's rare that questions pertaining to this subject matter would even be cleared in an interview. And I think that Kylie talking to Jennifer Lawrence, who can from firsthand experience talk about what it's like to have these before and after pictures compared, yes, I think it gives her a sense of comfort and makes her more willing to talk about it. 
However, I say all of that to then add, and I, I don't even mean this critically. I'm more so just pointing it out. This is a tactic that they often will utilize, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Here, when Kylie cites two specific procedures, like getting her jaw shaved or getting her eyelids removed, which she did not have done, right? She didn't have her jawline shaved and she factually didn't have her eyelids removed. Maybe she had some sort of a lift, but she did not have her eyelids removed. She calls out very specific things to then use that to substantiate the claim that you know they make a mountain out of a molehill in terms of what she's had done. And while I can imagine that's very frustrating seeing people across the internet confidently claim they know what you've had done when maybe it isn't, it's a very necessary and obvious omission. Because no, maybe the jawline wasn't shaved, but it was certainly filled. And no shade in that, by the way. Like, do whatever the fuck you want. And I'm not saying she has to list every single one. But it's just so interesting to me that using the term surgery really draws a line in the sand, I think, for a lot of them in terms of what is considered as, quote, doing something. And again, like, literally do whatever the fuck makes you happy. But... (laughs) It's not just age. There was a lot of other things happening there. They maybe weren't all surgical, but let's just, you know, let's just be real here. Right. Like the idea that she only had her lips done is just, it, it's insane. It's its gaslighty, honestly. And it's not just the Kardashians that do this. A lot of celebrities will do this. Like they will be in an interview or they'll be asked about something and they'll kind of pick on whatever the most ridiculous rumor they've heard about them is to kind of offset all of the other things. So, you know, they focus and they dispel one thing that most rational people kind of didn't think was the case in the first place. And so they use that to be able to say like, see, I haven't had anything done. I just said, you know, I didn't do that. But everybody knows that there is an in-between, or not everybody, but a lot of people know that there is an in-between between the thing that they're saying didn't happen and what probably did happen. Whereas there's also a lot of people that don't know enough to fill in the blanks there of, of what they're omitting or what they had done that is maybe obvious to people in Hollywood or obvious to people who have had procedures done before. It just, it's very interesting. Right. It's just interesting. Like I am personally not of the belief that they or anyone else is required to list every single thing that they had done. At the end of the day, while beauty standards are certainly a factor, it is your own body and it's a very individual experience. I just think the level of omission is an interesting tactic. Totally. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and 
I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pink screens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic nonstick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. So Paris and Kathy Hilton have been doing a lot of press promoting this season of Paris and Love. And as a side, as we know, on Thanksgiving, Paris announced that they had welcomed a second baby via surrogate, a little girl named London. And they were on today's show with Hoda and Jenna, which part of it, they showed this clip of Paris surprising Kathy with Phoenix, her firstborn, which is, I have to put the link in the description because if you hadn't seen it, it's like a very emotional moment. But what I actually want to talk about here is Hoda and Jenna were asking Kathy about everything going on with Kyle and Mauricio. And Hoda specifically says to her, you know, there's been a lot of speculation thinking that they may get back together. What do you think? And Kathy basically says, you want my honest response to that? There's no way that Kyle would have gone this far if she hadn't really thought it through, which isn't surprising. I mean, I think specifically, if you've been watching this season of Beverly Hills, it is very clear that their marriage is over and it doesn't look like a reconciliation is in the works. But there was something about hearing Kathy say it that just felt very kind of permanent. Very. This is still just a separation though, right? Like there hasn't been a filing of divorce yet. Yeah, currently it's a separation and they're referring to it as a separation. I mean, the one time Kyle said divorce, to my knowledge, was on the BravoCon red carpet when she slipped and referred to it as a divorce and then kind of said, no, you know, everyone else had just been referring to it as a divorce. So I kind of got caught up. To me, it's not that I think the divorce isn't happening. I just think there's a lot of logistics at play. So, you know, the separation allows them to kind of figure out how they want to play it. They've been married for a really, really long time and their stuff is very intertwined. It's so interesting hearing it come from both sides. Like it's so interesting hearing it come from Kyle and on the red carpet at BravoCon and in the episodes, but also getting the Kathy and Paris Hillen perspective as they're promoting their own show that's entirely separate from Kyle. Well, that's one of the interesting pieces about this to me is that for so many years, Kyle was the reality star. And then Kathy had a brief stint there when she was kind of a friend of on Beverly Hills. But now Kathy is very much in her own reality TV world and doing the press she has to do the same way Kyle had to do press for all of those years. These types of questions are going to come up. What's the relationship between Kathy and Kyle right now? I mean, loaded question. Depends on the day. Well, because when Hoda asks her, she's like, well, you and your sisters are very close. And I was like, are they? I think right now they're in a relatively good place, but it, you know, it can change at the drop of a hat. Yeah, I think I think they are close. Like I don't know if close is necessarily inaccurate because even when they're at the height of their fighting, it comes from being so close. But it's I mean at times it's really rough. 
it's a fascinating dynamic to kind of watch from afar because it's not like Kardashians where you are so intertwined into all of their fights and so attuned to every single thing that's going on with them. I mean, not every single thing, but everything that we get on the show. And we really see the ins and outs of that. And I think a lot of times with Kathy and Kyle and Kim, like, yeah, it certainly plays out on reality TV, but there it also plays out in a way where like, you won't get it at all, or you'll go months without hearing anything about it. Like it's, it's much more open to interpretation, I think, than a lot of the Kardashian fights. Oh, it's a completely different world. It is a completely different world. And also, you know, specifically when it comes to housewives, when Kathy was on, it's not like the Kardashians where everyone involved is family. Right. The majority of people aren't a family. So fights then arise from their relationships with other cast members and their arguments, because at the end of the day, they're sisters. Okay. But this is my castmate. This is my friend. Like, what does that look like? I mean, I know you don't watch, but I'm, I need you to watch just the last scene of the premiere of Beverly Hills this season. Not nothing to do with Kathy, but just to see Kyle and Mauricio's dynamic. Cause it is like, it's nuts just to, to watch the difference. You feel like you're looking at a completely different couple than you've ever seen before. No, I mean, I am so interested in that. And I guess I have a lot of time on my hands now. So maybe Housewives is something I'll get into. You know, we should make you like a very curated Bravo must watch list. Because obviously you're not going to start season one, episode one of any of these franchises, but like, let's say five episodes per franchise that are very necessary to understanding a lot of the current references and things like that. I'm certainly going to need a lot of TV to watch. Yeah. Okay. We can make that happen. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends. So I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code CELEBS. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliayi was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Just one other thing that we wanted to mention. It was revealed on the 22nd from documents obtained by TMZ that Tayana Taylor has filed for divorce from Amon Shumpert. 
if you remember, they announced their separation a couple of months ago, but apparently she had filed for divorce in January, which is about eight months before they announced their separation. And she kind of just talks about how as her fame grew, he became increasingly more jealous. You know, she talks about instances where they'd be at a red carpet and photographers would ask him to move to the side so she could pose. And those were things that kind of fueled his jealousy. And she also talks about him being involved in multiple cheating scandals, which if you remember, when they had announced the separation, she said, and I'm quoting, to be a thousand percent clear, infidelity ain't one of the reasons for our departure. And she's you know, now saying that she was kind of saying that as a way to be graceful towards him. And she says he left the family home in October, hasn't spent significant time with the kids since then. His lawyer responded a day later saying, Mr. Shumpert hopes parties and counsel can work towards a fair resolution, keeping the best interests of the children of paramount concern. It's just getting messier than I think we anticipated. I didn't even anticipate it getting messy at all. But then again, I didn't anticipate them ever separating or divorcing. So listen, I recognize that we may sound naive when we say, you know, I just wasn't expecting this. But first of all, sue me for believing in love. Like I am happy that that is still the reaction and that we've not become so hardened to the way that Hollywood often goes down. Like if I see a couple that feels very in love, my natural inclination is to believe that. And I'm still sticking with that. So I'd rather be surprised at a divorce and maybe feel naive to the way that it's going down than to just be so skeptical. But with this one specifically, since you and I have been following them closely for a lot of years, you know, as we've said, we've known about Tiana Taylor since her episode of My Super Sweet 16. Like, it's just sad. You know, I just, I, I think that for both of them, it's not how they wanted this to go down. I don't feel like there's so much naivety in being shocked about this and being shocked that it turned messy because we always say there is a very clear difference between being surprised by a couple that was private and that you didn't expect a divorce, but you can also say like, you know what, when I think about it, we really didn't know that much about them. And a couple like Iman and Tayana, where we saw a lot of their story play out. And so I don't think it's a naivety here, but I'm just shocked. I really am. It's not that like everything was a lie. I think that there were probably some really good times. I just think from what she's outlining, and I believe her entirely, it's a it's a concept that we talk about frequently where oftentimes in heterosexual relationships in Hollywood, the man just can't handle when the woman becomes the center of attention. And you know, I completely believe her when she's saying how that played a role. Yeah. I mean, that is certainly a pattern and I certainly the case in what we are now hearing explained from this relationship, but just, I can't say I'm not surprised still. And you know what? That's okay. Like, let us be surprised. I would always rather be surprised than be so hardened to love. You know what? Beautiful way of looking at it. Anyway, anything else you want to add? I, I wish there was, by the way. I wish there was something to add. What a fucking slow news week. Just a slow news week and a broken leg. I know. What a combo. Oh, well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And we'll see you later this week. Let's talk about baby making for a second because... It's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby 
with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.